This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a breaking news edition of the PHNX Coyotes podcast. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan, and we are here this morning because Craig reported that the Arizona Coyotes are in advanced discussions with ASU to use its new multi-purpose venue as an interim arena solution. Craig, what can you tell us about this news? Yeah, I, I, listen, we, we've talked a lot on this show about what the Coyotes are going to do now that it has become clear that they can't play in Glendale. Um, there are only a couple options locally. We all know that we all toured Arizona veterans Memorial Coliseum and thought that might be a suitable venue. But really, if you're looking at the Valley, the only other venue available, ostensibly available is Arizona state's new multi-purpose arena, which will come online this fall and house their division one hockey team, as well as gymnastics, um, wrestling, concerts, others, other sorts of shows, community events. Um, it appears that the Coyotes are putting their eggs in this basket now. Um, there are a lot of things to to look at here, and we'll get to all those in a moment. But my understanding is, yes, they're in advanced stages. This would be their home for all home games, all 41 home games for the next three to four seasons. My understanding is that they're working on a deal that would be three years with a, an option for a fourth if they can't get the construction of the new arena um, along the south bank of Rio Salado done in time. Uh, they're, they're hoping they're hoping they can do it in three years. It may take four years. So this is to bridge that gap. Wow. Well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge a super chat from Mr. Stalin. Have the Coyotes thought about renovating the Roman Coliseum? <laughs> um, which brings up a good point. What happened to lead us to this point where the Coyotes are now considering this option as opposed to all the other ones? And I know all of this is mentioned in your story, but just kind of breaking everything down for everyone listening. Sure. As we know, last summer, the city of Glendale, through uh, uh, arena manager uh, ASM Global, informed the Coyotes that this season would be their last season at Gila River Arena. They would not be renewing the year-to-year lease. Um, city of Glendale has made public announcements of what it plans to do with the arena. They've hired an architect. They're starting renovations to make the arena suitable for larger shows because they need uh, a greater uh, uh a load for, for, for shows that they want to host there that it doesn't currently have that capacity. So they're going to put a lot of money into it. They're not going to have the Coyotes anymore. What I think happened in the space between when they told the Coyotes that and, and now is 
I think the Coyotes were under the assumption that they would be able to negotiate a new deal in Glendale. They always thought that they could go back. They thought this was a ploy. And look, when you when you look at the uh, the the financial picture that Glendale paints for its future at Gila River Arena, we'll see. I'm not sure that they can do what they say that they can do. I'm not sure it's as rosy as they portray it. On the flip side, as we've said all along, you understand Glendale going to a plan B because the Coyotes have been telling them for multiple years now that they plan to leave. So remove Glendale from the mix. Then you look at the Coliseum, which, again, we toured. It's a very old building, you know, 50-plus years. They would have to do a lot of renovations in there. It would take, I, I've been told, anywhere between 40 and $50 million. There's one elevator in the building. There's no luxury suites. There's a lot of problems. A lot of they got to they got to get a new ice plant in there. There's a lot of work that needs to be done at, at the Coliseum. So I think when the Coyotes finally came to the realization that Glendale was not an option, at that point it was too late to look at the Coliseum and get it ready for next season. So you go down this road. The thing that this does, look, you can look at the 5,000 seat capacity. We're going to talk a lot about that because it's really surprising that the league would sign off on this. Um, but when you look at it from, uh, you know, when, when you look at their future plans, what they want to do, building a permanent arena in Tempe. Well, this is a way to start forging that relationship, right? If you're, if you already have a partnership with ASU and the city of Tempe, you're playing there, you're telling fans, look, this is where we want to be. This is going to be our home. So, I'm sure that's what the Coyotes are thinking. Um, and and the fact, guys, that, that Alex Morello is willing to go to a 5,000-seat arena with plenty of financial issues for the next three to four years, I mean, if that doesn't underscore the idea that the Coyotes are staying in Arizona and the league is committed as well to keeping the, uh, the Coyotes in Arizona, I don't know what will. This is an extreme measure, obviously. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what we're talking about. I mean, there's good and bad in this announcement, and, and I'm trying to look at it from both sides here. It's good because we are talking about the future in Arizona. They are getting a plan to play here for a bridge to get them to a new building that hopefully gets announced and planned and all of those things soon. To me, though, there are so many shortcomings to this solution, and I always said that, and I said it on this show too, I always thought it was going to circle back to Glendale. I really did. And, and financially for the city of Glendale, it makes a lot of sense. For the, for the NHL Hockey Club, it makes a lot of sense. So I just always thought that people would come together and go, you know what, this is probably the right answer for the short term, so let's figure out a way to get it done. And they just couldn't get to the table to get those discussions started. And if you can't start a discussion, you can't finish it. And at some point, the Coyotes go, hey, we got to play next year. We better get a plan. And I think that's what really pushed this thing down the field. Some of the good things, it's going to be a brand new building. The facilities mm -hmm. are going to be phenomenal. Like the ice is going to be great. The sight lines are going to be great. It's going to be a great brand new building for 5,000 people. Yeah. On that note, it, when, when ASU was, well, it's still under construction, but earlier in the uh, construction phase, I actually got a chance to do a virtual tour of the arena with ASU hockey coach Greg Powers. The place is, it's unbelievable. Look, it's 5,000 seats. They're not going to be able to get a lot of revenue. There's, there's, there's signage issues. There are all sorts of revenue issues. What sort of rights will they have to any of that to get that money out of the arena? I'm sure that's part of the negotiation right now, but clearly it's going to fall far short of playing in an NHL-sized arena. Um, but as you mentioned, unlike the Coliseum, this is a brand new building. It is an amazing facility. And if you if you step aside from the, the need to have 11, 12,000 fans in the building, the atmosphere in this building is going to be unbelievable. I'm sure that the ticket prices are going to be a little higher because you have 
a scarcity of product, right? And the Coyotes, I know there's a lot of wisecracks out there that they won't be able to fill it. They will. They'll fill this arena also because it's closer to their season ticket base. They'll fill this place. And just from a, an atmosphere standpoint and also from my commute standpoint, <laughs> yeah. great venue to watch a game. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere inside this building if this deal happens. Absolutely. Well, I also just want to make sure we get to this super chat from John. The big winner is Josh Doan. He will be very familiar with the ice. That is true. Um, here's a question that I'm curious about as well. What logo would be at center ice? It's, it's a very good question. And, and listen, ASU, again, ASU has precedent over everything in this arena. The Coyotes are the tenant. So whatever, whatever ASU wants in that building is probably going to be in the, that building. And I can't imagine a way where they can change out the Center Ice logo. It's just not going to happen. Maybe you could do a combo logo at Center Ice. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in those negotiations. But, yeah, that's one issue. Another issue to look at, and, and I talked about this in the story as well, is the team areas. Due to NCAA compliance issues, the Coyotes cannot use ASU's team areas. We're talking about the, the dressing room, the training rooms, the workout rooms, all those areas. The Coyotes have to build themselves. That is going to come only out of Alex Morello's pocket with not a dime contributed by ASU. And I've been told that that cost is anywhere between 15 and $20 million. So they're going to have to get all of that done. And then, of course, for any of this to go forward, because we're talking about a state university, this all has to be approved by the Arizona Board of Regents. So we'll see when that goes on their agenda. Maybe sometime early next month, they'll they'll take a look at this. We'll see how negotiations go. But a lot of issues to iron out with ASU. And then the last one is the scheduling itself. ASU's schedule is already set for next year. They've got, I, I, they've got 24 home dates next season. All of them are on Friday or Saturday with 7 p.m. starts. So you're taking away a lot of optimal dates for the Coyotes that they can use they're going to have to work around that with the NHL schedule. And going forward, ASU is going to have precedent over scheduling. So you throw that in, you throw again the fact that wrestling and gymnastics and concerts and conferences, youth competitions are all going to be there. It's going to be, it's going to be gymnastics for the uh, NHL schedule makers to squeeze the Coyotes in. <laughs> so Coyotes are playing 2 o'clock on Tuesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs for anybody who wants to catch that. A lot to unpack there, Craig. And one thing I want to talk about is this is a building that is complete. It's not like they can't change the footprint now. You can't go, they didn't decide this two years ago. Oh, shit, the Coyotes are moving in. We need to start planning for NHL visitor locker room space, locker room space, storage space, workout space. The building's there. Like the footprint is done. So now you have to start stealing space from other other areas of a building that's already built? No, I, my understanding is there is space to add externally so that they, they will be able to add on to it. And, and listen, in, in the long run for ASU, maybe it's, maybe it's not ideal for the hockey program to have to share your arena, right? Um, but two things, like kudos to ASU if they're, they're helping keep the Coyotes in Arizona. And secondly, they're just getting a free upgrade on their arena. Uh, I don't know what they'll use it for in the future, but but wow, they'll have some pretty sweet facilities added onto this arena once the Coyotes are gone. And you look at it because they will have an NCAA home and visitor locker room. They will now have an NHL home and visitor locker room. So you have four massive spaces. You're talking about NCAA final Frozen Four tournaments. It gives mm -hmm. you opportunities to host big, big you know, events in that building. So you're right. You know, let, let someone else pay the bill. The bigger issue to me though, is when you talk about the scheduling, I know the NHL, they're a Friday, Saturday, Sunday league. They, they rely on those revenues from the weekend games. So it's going to be difficult to, to juggle all of that 
and, and try to fit them into a building when they when you get the city of Glendale was complaining about their schedule and, and the few limited events they had in that building. And that was a problem scheduling. And now you've got all of these events that are trying to be scheduled. Oh, boy, it's going to be interesting on the team. And it's not just a year. It's not one season of, oh, OK, we, we can do this for a year. This is three, four years if the building um, gets approved in whether it's, you know, Tempe or Salt River or wherever the new building may be. Right. You know what I think? I, I, there's a lot of more to unpack here. I, first of all, when, when I started doing research on their interim arena solutions a couple months ago now, or maybe three months ago now, when I, when I spoke to NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly via email, I was surprised that the league would actually sign off on the Coyotes playing in a venue this small. But what Daly told me is while we have arena standards, we would approach the entire situation in a way intended to accommodate the club's needs in effectuating a successful transition to a new venue. While there very well may be some, I can't think of any hard and fast rules that couldn't be relaxed to accommodate what is necessary. And then when I pinned him down on whether he would be okay with the Coyotes playing in an arena with a seating capacity as low as 5,000, because I was thinking of ASU at the time, he said, it depends on the totality of the circumstances, but I wouldn't rule it out. So while the league is okay with this, apparently, I still wonder what the NHLPA has to say about this. Because when you look at a, a team in a, a 5,000 seat, uh, seat venue, hockey-related revenues are going to suffer. Obviously, Alex Morell is going to take the hit, but the PA is going to take a hard, long look at that as well because that's taking money away from the players, their share of hockey-related revenues. When I reached out to the PA, I was told that the NHLPA and the, the, the league had begun discussions on the Coyotes' plans. Um, and there, are, as I said, there are a number of issues. The team spaces is one, of course. Uh, revenue is another. What the PA said through a, through a spokesman, it was just a statement, really. The Coyotes... Mm -hmm. Faded move in 2022-23 from Gila River Arena in Glendale to a temporary Arizona venue raises a number of matters that the league and the NHLPA will need to work through. Ideally, these matters will be sorted out well in advance of next season. So we'll see how those negotiations Could go. Could that be more vague of a statement? <laughs> and yet they, they clearly say, hey, there are a number of issues here that we're going to be looking at. So we need to talk through these. So we'll see how that goes as well. So you talk about players, Craig, and, and does this affect this team's ability to lure free agents to the Valley? Is it, can, can you, we talk about Austin Matthews and I know some of it is, is, is yeah, Austin Matthews, but does Austin Matthews want to playing in Toronto in an unbelievably beautiful, massive arena with a huge fan base and then go play in a college rink? I, I don't know. And aside from him, is it other players go really like that's where i'm going to play and then in a secondary locker room that's built outside in a parking lot in a 5000 seat stadium does it affect the players views of where they play or is it you know what atmosphere is going to be pretty cool it's a brand new facility it's actually really good well listen i i haven't pulled the players and they're not going to talk about it right now anyway because nobody's going to be talking about it from the coyote side but i have wondered about that for the next two years, let's let's be honest, it doesn't matter because the Coyotes aren't going to try and lure any big-name free agents. They're in a rebuild. This is not the time. Now, if they can get this done in the three-year window, maybe you're saying, okay, yes, you're going to play for this play in, in this 5,000-seat venue for one season, but after that, look what you're going to play in. Maybe that's enough to lure people, or maybe they have to wait until the end of this tenure at ASU for them to lure anyone. Austin Matthews' contract is up in two years, so... I, I definitely wonder about that. I, I I know the Coyotes would love to have him. Obviously, fans would love to have him. But if if you're 
if you're leaving Toronto as a unrestricted free agent in two years, and it's going to take two more to get the arena built. I don't know. I don't know if you can lure any big name free agents to that sort of situation. I want to address some other th- questions that have come up. Um, first of all, would the Coyotes be able to practice at this arena or would they have to find another practice facility? They're going to have to find another practice facility. They're, they're still figuring that out. I think the Ice Den Scottsdale is a strong possibility. It was, of course, built for the Coyotes initially. That was supposed to be their home, but they, when they left it, uh, they, they used the spaces for Mountainside Fitness. There's another vendor there as well. So I don't know how they would work that. Maybe they would just deal with it as is in the short term and then figure out how to add something on. There is space, I think, to to add on to Eisten. Um, Peter, you might have more insight on that. But, yeah, they, they're, they're still looking at that. They will not practice at ASU. That is my understanding. And because Oceanside, the land for Oceanside Ice Arena has been bought, my understanding is that arena is going to be knocked to the ground. There's no need for it in Tempe now with the community rink coming online at ASU. All those programs are going to be moving over there, so they won't have Oceanside as an option either. Yeah, you talk about the, the practice facility, and that's that helps alleviate some of the space requirements at the ASU building because you you take away equipment storage. A lot of the, the weight training facilities and, and medical facilities, they would need more at a larger, better facilities at a practice rink. So having said that, the ice stand in Scottsdale, which they've used over the years, even after they moved to Glendale, is not a permanent home. It's not a permanent practice rink with the facilities that they have there now. They would need to expand locker room facilities, medical facilities, coaching facilities. There is going to be a need to expand what is there. And again, there's an additional cost. Can they build on? Where do they go into the parking lot? There are some other issues for the ice den becoming a full-time practice facility like it was back when the Coyotes owned the building. When the Coyotes owned the building, they had all the office space, all of the weight space that is now leased out to another vendor. So there are issues there. Oceanside's gone. Not an option. Um, the ASU's practice facility, the community rink, I don't think will be an option either. And if you look at the other buildings, Chandler, Gilbert, Arcadia, Peoria, all have the exact same issues, even greater issues than we talked about at the Ice Den Scottsdale. So there's going to be an additional cost and they need to start building now to get all of these things done in the interim. So I, I know that, you know, there's, there's nothing concrete about this yet there's no announcement that this is what's happening this is just the path that they appear to be going down but it's february 1st next week like this has to get moving like these are things that need to be built done completed in months so it's a big concern and that was a question that someone in the chat had asked this will take time do the coyotes have enough time to put this together in order for next season i think so i I think they do um you know, like Petey said, get cracking. Uh, another point on the Ice Den Scottsdale, and again, that you don't necessarily have to have those renovations done immediately. Look, it's not ideal. We know that the uh, the spaces for the uh, equipment staff and the training staff are not ideal at 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 uh, the Ice Den by any means. They need a lot more space. It's way too cramped. But can you survive in the short term? Sure, you could. the The other point about the Ice Den is it's close to where the players live, so. You don't look, you've, you've already been asking players to commute all the way out to Glendale for games. And, and on, on those days when previous coaches had morning skates as well, you had to do it twice, which is just insane to have your players in the cars that much. Andre Turini is basically done away with morning skates. But if you can have your players going to an arena that's, you know, just around the block from their house, then that's the ideal situation. 
Yeah, I think uh, you're going to see the players thinking this is a great solution go for the practice setup. Absolutely. Even if it means putting a couple of tractor trailer in the parking lot to store equipment and have, you know, their their extra massage tables and training facilities, even that as a short-term solution, you honestly, Craig, if you needed to do this by next weekend, you probably could. Wouldn't be ideal at the ice end because there are some space limitations, but you could. So I think there's less fear of that than than the fear of getting the construction done at ASU and what time frame that is going to take. Another um, question and concern that's been coming up is season ticket holders. Um, Karen asked, how many season ticket holders do the Coyotes currently have? And um, would season ticket prices go up given the limited capacity? How is this going to impact season ticket holders and, and just attendance? In general, that's a question that can't be answered at this point. I mean, the Coyotes aren't talking about it. They aren't talking about ticket plans yet because they don't have a deal in place yet. They don't have it approved by the Board of Regents yet. So those are questions that are going to have to be answered down the road. But they are absolutely valid questions from yeah, fans. We talked about different things. We talked about free agent players. We talked about current players. We even talked about the staff and how it's affected. But let's talk about the fan base. How does this affect the fan base? So even we look at average attendance around the NHL and the Coyotes are near the bottom, but they're still over 11,000 in an average seating. We're talking about half of that. So, okay, that's issue number one. Now, this is, again, it's not one year. It's three or four years, and now you're living your, your fan base in half. We're going to have to find other ways to make this team accessible to the fans. So now we're going to have to talk about the regional sports networks and how accessible the regional sports networks are to the current fan base, blackout restrictions, the ability to find those networks. If this team wants to continue four years without a complete reset and go, okay, here we're here. We're here again. Here's a big building. Everybody come back. If they want to bridge that gap, they're going to have to make this team much more easy and, and easily accessible to the, to the average fan than they are right now. And I don't blame them for that. The TV rights, that's a much bigger issue than, than a new yes. arena, but it is something that's going to need to be addressed. If only 5,000 people can get inside the building. Yeah, that's a really good point, PD. I, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's a different scale, but I remember when uh, William Wirtz wouldn't broadcast the games locally in Chicago because he wanted the stadium full. Well, it, it was clearly a short-sighted view of how you need to do things. But if you're only allowing 5,000 fans in the stadium, you damn well better have them readily available on television to, to maintain this fan base. On the flip side of that, and listen, this is I know this is all just speculation at this point, but if the Coyotes get this arena built, if they have success in the next few drafts and are able to rebuild they want to, and they start winning when they come out the other end of this, we know how fan bases behave. They'll come back. If you have a winning product in that new arena, they will come back. They'll love it. And all of this stuff will just be a footnote in history. It will be forgotten. But you better come out the other side. You know, you better execute on this plan because, wow, you have a lot of moving parts, a lot of balls in the air right now. And that ties into this whole rebuild reminder that we've been talking about over the last several months. You know, this talks about the draft picks. This talks about the lottery luck. This, this talks about a new building. And if it all culminates at the exact same time, wow, did these guys nail it? You know, yeah. and, and then you talk about the financial reward at the end of the tunnel that, yeah, we can, we can get by with fewer season ticket holders for a few years because this is coming. And I'm sure that's what they talk about inside the meeting rooms there, but we talk about the shortfall of revenue streams. You don't get naming rights. I don't know how they'll deal with, with parking and marketing and signage and the suite holders and how will that all be divided? There's a lot of issues that will need to be addressed prior to an agreement in full between That's these all two part partners. Of negotiation, right? And yeah. how, what are, 
I mean, we talked a little bit about this already, that this could actually benefit ASU in the long term, given the upgrades they'll be getting to their facilities. How, what are ASU's thoughts on this? Obviously, they, the university itself would have to sign off, and you mentioned the Board of Regents, which we'll get to in a little as well, but what is, you know, how does ASU feel about it? Have you spoken to Greg Powers? How are, how are they all feeling about this? Yeah, they're not going to really talk about this on they're not going to talk about this on the record. Listen, it's not an ideal situation to have to share your arena with somebody else. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, what what's happening to the state of the ice, to the state of the, all, all these things that that you would worry about when you have to share your place with someone else. It's like having a roommate, right? Okay, what do I have to deal with with my roommate? That's not ideal. But ASU has made it clear that they're open to listen, whether the the title is deserved or not. Number one in innovation, they're always open to different possibilities, and this is a chance for revenue. And, and also just like as a community member, if, if ASU, again, I said this earlier, if ASU helps keep the coyotes in, in Arizona, give them a, just a gold star. Thank you, Michael Crow. If, thank you, Board of Regents. If they decide that this is something that they want to do, because, you know, we keep hearing that this isn't a hockey market, but all of us are here. We know it is. We've seen the, the vibrancy of the fan base. We understand what's actually happening on the ground. So if this goes through, I, I, again, I think ASU is open to it because it could be a monetary gain for them. But again, there could be this offshoot of it where they, they come off looking really good because they saved a, a pro franchise from moving out of town. And this uh, this one thing you brought up there, Craig, that's going to be extremely important is the relationship between ASU and the Arizona Coyotes. And it's going to have to be very strong. It's going to be after good. It's going to be give and take. Because if you're sharing this facility over that length of time, issues are going to come up every single day on on everything from parking to concessions to the locker room spaces to the ice like there's going to be so many issues you better get along and you better be able to communicate because if that relationship sours and falls apart then you're in big yeah. trouble so i think it's going to be imperative that it starts off on the right right foot you better be respectful right understanding this is not your venue they're letting you play in this venue. Yes, you're paying for it, but you, you got to be respectful. So hopefully they can forge that relationship. You know, I've seen that in the past with ASU and the Coyotes. I'm, I'm not sure where things are right now, but they've had a good relationship in the past. And clearly they have to have a working relationship to even continue this conversation that they're having right now. So hopefully that will be a part of this. And then when you look long term as well, what does this do um, when the Tempe City Council decides what it's going to uh, vote on on the proposed arena, you know, that that's still undetermined what they're going to vote. They, you know, they're supposed to get uh, an economic benefit assessment by the end of this month that will give them much more clarity on what this project could mean for the city. But when you see clearly your, your biggest and most important tenant, uh, probably the most important tenant in the entire state, Arizona State U University, partnering with the Coyotes and you're the city council. I mean, if Michael Crow is on board with this, to me, that's a game changer. That means a lot for the Coyotes if Michael Crow is on board with this thing. Absolutely. And um, Craig, you reached out to the team for a statement, and this is what they said back. As we've said many times, we're completely committed to building our future in Arizona. As part of that process, we are excited to be exploring some great temporary arena options here before we move into a new permanent home in the Valley. And you said it before, and this kind of doubles down on that, like the Coyotes are committed to staying here, even if it means taking cuts in revenue, even if it means this not I far from ideal situation for the next few years. So, you know, hopefully once, once we come out on the other side of this, all those relocation rumors 
go away. Hopefully. Yeah, I don't know how you underscore that more. <laughs> I mean, again, look at what Bill Daly said. Look at what the NHL is willing to do to make this work in this market. Look at what Alex Morello is willing to do. The cost of simply renovating this place and then the losses that he's going to take for the next three to four years. I don't know how you emphasize that the Coyotes are committed to Arizona more than that. This is crazy, guys. This is, I mean, I still look at it and say, really? They're going to do this? I mean, I still, you know, you guys heard me. I thought the Coliseum was the better option. Uh, it has plenty of warts and it needs plenty of work. But the fact that they're willing to do this to me just says, yeah, we're going to stay in Arizona. We want to be in Tempe. We want to be in Tempe now. And this talks about what we said earlier in this show, um, earlier months, where we talked about the gaming, Arizona gaming license that is owned by Mr. Morello, that this team was not going to lose. There is too much future monies available to this ownership group to stay here. The motivation is here to keep this team in the Valley. And you've always said that the league supports it. This just puts an exclamation point on that. If we jokingly said, and you can rewind it, we said this team will play at the ice den before they move. Well, this isn't that far off. Like if you're playing at a 5,000 seat stadium, I honestly didn't believe that that would even be an option. We talked about Tucson. We talked about Prescott. Really? I always thought it was coming down to the Coliseum or Glendale because that was the only two facilities that could accommodate the size. If the league is willing to put this team in a 5,000 seat stadium for three or four seasons, this team is not moving. We're not talking Houston again. Let's not talk about Quebec City again. It's over because by the end of that, this team will be in a brand new facility, in a brand new building. So let's finally, if anything else, once the ink dries on an agreement, and this could be, we're all still speculating and this still is just a path that they are on. But once the ink is dry, we can take a deep breath and be done with the yeah. relocation. Yeah, the arena too, right? That's still got to go through. But yeah, if those if those boxes gets get checked and, and okay, now you can see the path forward for the Coyotes in Arizona. Um, this was bringing up a couple questions in the chat. Um, does this mean a sports book on the ASU campus? I would, I think the plan would be to do the sports book at the new arena and down the road. Right, Craig. If you look at the uh, actual plans for, for the, uh, entertainment district that they want to build in Tempe, there is actually a physical space for a sports book. Yeah. So it would be, you could that. have a gaming license with an NCAA no, no, you yeah. can't do anything. At, you can't do anything at ASU. Yeah. I don't think it, uh, the Coyotes are going to do anything like a, a physical space anytime soon. In fact, when they announced Sahara Bats uh, recently, they said that that's something that they're going to look at down the road. But for now, they're sticking with this. So I think probably you wait until the arena district is in place and then you'll see that physical space where they can do that. So let's talk about timelines because we're talking about this. This seems to be the likely direction this is heading, but it's like you said, it still needs to gain approval from the board of regents. So how long is that approval process? What can we expect time-wise possibly? I mean, once, once it goes on the agenda, they can vote on it right away. I mean, it, to me, the, the, the greater issue here is the negotiation. What does the deal look like if there is a deal? Once that's in place, they give it to the board of regents, they review it and they'll, they'll put it on their agenda and vote. So I, I don't think that is necessarily a very long process once they have the information in front of them. It's just when does that information get in front of them? And again, maybe that happens as early as early February. We'll see, which is, you know, as, as we know, some 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 of the timelines we've heard for the vote from the Tempe City Council mesh with that as well, because if they're getting their economic benefit analysis by the end of this month, the city council is going to be armed with more information. That doesn't necessarily mean they'll vote. They may look at it and say, well, we want more information on this, this, and this, and then then you have to extend that out a little bit. But 
these things do seem to mesh uh, in some ways. Yeah, I think it looks it's, it's hand in glove in the move to a, a larger facility in the Tempe area in the future. I, I think it's a great stepping stone to get this team moved to the other side of the valley and start building the fan base in that area. And I think it's a great idea, but I, I look at how difficult it is for the three of us to come up with a dinner order when we're in the studio. How in the hell are they <laughs> going to come up with all of the things that need You're to be the problem, done? Oh, it's always I you. know it is. It is me. But how are they going to come up with all of these minutia and all the details involved with getting this deal done in a timely manner to get the construction started? Like there's there is a lot to discuss and agree upon to get this thing moving forward. I guess you could, in the totality, you could come up with some of the big issues first and go, okay, we're moving forward. We'll figure out the parking later or where does this street sign go or where's the coach's room? Maybe that can be figured out and you just come to some agreement that, hey, we're doing this and start moving forward. But this isn't a thing that's going to take a week or two. Like this is a long, long see my process. child just crawl through the screen there? By yes. the way. Yes, yeah, I did. I've seen the dog too. Didn't you tell him this was an emergency podcast, Craig? <laughs> we're, we're real here at phnx okay feeling raw here exactly i guess exactly. she'll be crawling back out now with some food that's what's going on here oh my goodness so, Petey, i know you did some research on uh, arena sizes uh what'd you find well, the, the smallest arena currently in the National Hockey League right now is the MTS Center in, in Winnipeg, and it's under 16,000 seats. But when you go in that building, and Craig, you've had the opportunity to go inside that building. It's the, the energy inside the building. It's tight. It's, it's Fans are right on top of you, and the atmosphere is fantastic. Everybody in the building's got a, a team jersey on, and you take that and cut that down two-thirds? Man, I have I, to say, I'm really excited. Yeah, get, Craig, guys. can you get us press passes there? Because I'm in. Like, <laughs> sign me up. In. I mean, well, you know, listen, I have photos of both of your uh, credentials sitting on your seats, <laughs> still waiting to be occupied. But you guys are always in studio. That's why you're never there. You're always working in the studio. But here's, again, when you get past all that stuff, and I'm not trying to diminish any of those concerns because they're real. We've talked about all of them. But when I imagine... First of all, my 25-minute commute to ASU. <laughs> um, and secondly, sitting in this packed, really cool brand-new arena, which, by the way, unlike the, the Coliseum, uh, it, it does have like 20 suites. It's got club areas. It's got all those amenities that, that obviously the Coliseum couldn't have because it's so old. I just imagine how cool the experience will be when you get past all of that and just, just step into the raw feel of that game experience it's going to be really cool if it happens. But you talk about, I saw one of the comments too. Is, is it, remember in, in Tampa Bay when they were in the, in the Stanley cup finals and they put a big viewing screen outside the building and it was almost a, an electric feeling outside in the parking lot. Is there room to do something like that? Can you get more people there on a secondary sure. outlet and have them just watching the like game? From a the tailgate. Is it tailgating? Yeah. Is it, you know, I, I think there's, you can do all that. Yeah. And especially Absolutely. in a college environment, I feel like it even adds to that. You know what other things I think about, guys? When when I think about the the revenue that the Coyotes are going to lose, we look. We've been we've been writing, speculating about the possibility of an outdoor game in the Valley forever. They did it in L.A. Could they do something like that? Or as I wrote about uh, a while ago, could they have a game in Mexico City, which would just be an unbelievable selling point? And what the Coyotes are trying to do to reach out to the Latino market, uh, the NHL would like to do that as well. Could they do things like that that could help the Coyotes recoup some of that revenue? Obviously, it's not going to be all of it, but those could be really cool possibilities to augment this situation. 
Yeah, I think the, the, that's where the marketing team for this franchise is really going to have to to do some heavy lifting. Like, there's going to have to be some unique ways to include a fan base outside of the five thousand people that can attend can attend games. Like, they're going to have to come up with, like, better. Charles is saying, Mill Avenue watch parties. I think you're going to have to see a bigger, you know, imprint around the valley on watch parties and different things to bring the fans in to be able to watch the games outside of the five thousand seats. And you talked about an outside game. You talked about Mexico City. What about the football stadium at ASU? I've always yeah. said you, you get yeah. mountains in the background. The views are going to be amazing if they could get that done. And maybe this is, you know, it's the little tiny baby step in that direction. That to me is the ideal venue, not Chase. Sun Devil Stadium is the place to do it. Plus it, it ties into this partnership with ASU and the city of Tempe. Have an outdoor game at Sun Devil Stadium. It's, it is one of the most iconic venues, well, uh, iconic structures period in the valley it may be the most iconic venue in our city hold the game at sun devil stadium between the two buttes that would be an unbelievable experience i want to kick off between the bridge between the asu answer and the the new tempe building we will bridge it in that season before they move to the brand new building uh, in tempe we're going to play an outdoor game and uh, the timing again if all the dominoes fall into place this could be cool it's a lot of work. I know it's a lot of work, but just even the thought of seeing ASU have an NCAA division one team to see them partnering with the coyotes, everybody working so hard to keep this team here in Arizona. To me, it just, as, as a longtime fan, just to see the growth of hockey in Arizona and the commitment to hockey in Arizona, it makes me incredibly happy. So this is just a, a four year period that everyone has to endure and kind of just adapt um, I'm, I'm here for it, honestly. And if, you know, obviously the prize on the other side being that new arena, um, in Tempe. So what we will see, I guess what happens, but. Yeah. And, and listen, there's, there's no way of knowing the state of negotiations here. I, as I, as I suggested in the story, I think they're advanced, but we'll see where it goes. There's again, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that we've already discussed here that have to be negotiated. So, I don't know what the timeline is right now, but clearly there is some urgency to getting this done. Um, the NHL has to make its schedule at some point. Uh, most of the team, I think everybody else has already submitted their schedule requests for this season. So they would like to have that, but you know, the NHL can move that stuff out, but you just like to see some clarity from the Coyotes about where they're going to play in the interim. And it would, it would be really a, a really good piece of marketing for them. If they could time all this, where, this announcement comes out, the Tempe City Council votes in favor of the new arena deal. And then suddenly, you know, we're having positive discussions about the Arizona Coyotes, which has not been something we've been able to do a lot this season on the ice or off the ice. And that's what I want to be clear about, too, in this whole discussion that we've had today and in your in your written article this morning is this isn't a done deal. Like there there is a long path ahead. Like This isn't, hey, this is done and they're doing this again. Like, I just I don't know clear, how long the path is, Petey, but yeah, it's, yeah just to be clear, this isn't done. And, and, and it's it's the path that they it looks it appears that they have chosen to go down first, but it's not done. Um, so I just want to make sure that that's really clear as people walk away from this going, okay, this is, this is the option that, that looks feasible, reasonable. The league knows about it. The PA knows about it. Everybody's kind of involved. This is the path they're going down, but it's a difficult path and it's, it's not done yet. 
you'll have to forgive me. There's some landscaping going on outside my house, but you know, we're just rolling with it. There's always, um, there's always something. There's going on. always something outside my house. Apologies. But what I was going to say is, you know, as we've been having this discussion, a ton of um, questions and comments and concerns are coming up and we will continue to look into those as this unfolds. Um, like we've mentioned, there's still a, a path ahead that needs to be navigated and, um, this team here at PHNX Coyotes will be continuing to keep everybody updated. If you haven't had the chance to read the article that Craig wrote on this today, it's online at gophnx.com. It's an unlocked story, so you can check it out there. Um, and Craig will be continuing to report any arena news, anything. So firsthand, if you want the news, gophnx.com. Every other story you can access by becoming a member at gophnx.com. So sign up get a shirt with the year membership. So many perks to being a member um, and continue to follow PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter and Craig S. Morgan on Twitter, because that's where you'll get all of the latest Coyotes breaking news. And we will be continuing to keep tabs on all of these issues as they come up and the news as it comes up. Is there anything from this that we didn't get to that we want to make sure we do before we head out? I think we hit on all the points for now. Obviously, this is an evolving story, so we'll see where it goes. But thanks for being with us, everybody. And yeah, like like Leah said, just stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned, tuned for the next <laughs> and the Coyotes podcast for, good for more grief. information and more analysis. Yeah, Craig, you'll break awesome. it when it happens, but good grief. I cannot wait for the day when we are not talking about Arizona Coyotes arena stories. Like well, we've only only when they're positive, just when they're positive. And we're talking about the new arenas. The new ribbon breaking. We'll get to tour the new arena. And do a story that, like, you have no idea how many bullet points I already have for that story. That How many things <laughs> I want to do that I've already planned for something that's like four years out, maybe. So yeah, I would love to do it. But right now, in terms of positives, I'm going to focus again on that 25-minute commute to ASU. <laughs> Until they move the team to Gilbert, this is the next best solution. Well, I lobbied for that, but nobody seemed uh, interested. Yeah. In my I heard that yeah. was the second choice, but yeah, I didn't. <laughs> and no. but, oh, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, in, in, in all sincerity, this—if you do need to find out what happens, when it happens, it's follow at Craig S. Morgan follow at phx underscore coyotes because when it does happen and it's coyote related it's going to be here first so i hope there's not another arena story <laughs> soon craig no offense but uncle like the, only, like, only like, positive arena stories exactly <laughs> um, job, w- one more piece of breaking news i do want to get to breaking craig has to drink an ipa it's true <laughs> we surpassed 2500 followers on the phnx <laughs> underscore coyotes account so as soon as we're back in studio that will happen. So be sure to stay tuned to our PHNX Sports YouTube channel, um, PHNX Coyotes, wherever you get your podcast, and um, PHNX Sports just across all social platforms. All the content is there, um, and including breaking news content and Craig drinking an IPA. We really have it all here at PHNX. So thank you so much, everyone, for jumping on with us on a – is today Thursday? A Thursday morning. Uh, we just – with our yeah, no. kids in the background, the landscapers are outside. You know, breaking news doesn't wait. We're here so. for you. We're here for you. <laughs> We're here and for you. And by the way, so. when I drink that IPA, I'll have a bucket next to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. We will be back live again tomorrow night after the um, 
Coyotes Bruins game. We still have another episode of Down the I-10 coming. It'll be pushed to tomorrow just because this is a big story today. So continue to follow along on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes, and we will see everyone live again tomorrow night. Have a great day, everyone.